back. 12 and oh! I am your host, Adam Jamal. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. That's right, the ghostly specter that is Aaron Schroeder, my co-host, who sometimes watches sports. Um, that is right, you can see us if you're watching us on YouTube, but this is the Quack 12 podcast, baby. The most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. Yerp. And, I mean, I've been watching some stuff. I've been reading a lot. I've been, uh, you know, like, boning up on some duck news. But I have not been watching all that much sports, even, to tell you the truth. I've been watching some preseason football and shit. But uh, how about you, Aaron? You been watching anything? You been watching any sports-related content? Yes. I looked up Mm -hmm. the first Seahawks game. Yeah, with Geno Smith out there. That's right. And they, really they got their butts kicked. Play here soon against yeah. the Cowboys. Cowboys, so baby. You're the from first Texas. Unofficial game of the season is going to be a family feud. The old family feud in the old Aaron house. Because, like, I mean, you got that Mel Renfro connection we always talk about. He's an Oregon duck and then also played for the Cowboys. Right. Well, that is right. the The old man is a cowboy through and through. Your dad, that's right. He's so, a, just like you. You're, yeah. you're the spawn of a cowboy. Interestingly enough, my sister married a New York Giant, so that's weird. Ugh! Why'd you have to bring that up, Aaron? And Aaron, you inadvertently got us right into the duck headlines, which is what these episodes, these off season episodes, are really all about. Are we about to talk on Thibodeau? We're about to talk on Tippadell. Yeah, right on. Doesn't that blow? Why are you so excited? Oh, because you don't know the news. That's right. <laughs> Is he injured? Aaron, he got injured. That's what he does. He went, uh, well, hey, not all the time. No, but, not uh, all the time, but he does get hurt, and that's a known thing. It, he got hurt last season, certainly, and uh, yep, he got hurt this season, too. Aaron, three to four weeks he is missing with an MCL sprain. It looked more serious at first because he really, like, you know, clenched up and he went to, like, the injury tent. This is obviously in preseason football, but he had become, like, an official starter, basically. Um, I mean, he was, like, fifth overall pick. He was their first-round pick, right? you know, so you won all, you're expecting a lot out of him. Uh, so he got a sprained MCL um, that could be three to four weeks. So that, I mean, that's pretty solid. That's something you can bounce back from, you know. Um, it's his right ACL and meniscus were intact, luckily. And the Giants say they remain hopeful the first round pick will be ready for their regular season opener, which is unfortunately on September 11th. <laughs> Very How funny, you know. Bad sign against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so, and the coach Brian Dabble said, "Fingers crossed. Hopefully, his rehab goes well, and he can get out there as soon as he can." So, just kind of coach speak. Obviously, he was cut blocked in the second quarter. I'm trying not to sneeze. Oh, God damn it! Bless you. Oh, this is because we brought up 9/11. Um, cut blocked in the second quarter by Cincinnati's Thaddeus Moss. Uh, so. Fuck Thaddeus Moss. Thibodeau immediately grabbed his right knee and walked off the field, but the former Oregon star later told reporters that he was, quote, unquote, all right. So, yeah, we had to talk about him. That is unfortunate, man. Especially in preseason, that's always a bummer. 
It's always uh, You know wow. what? Hmm? I'd prefer it preseason, so it's something that they're staying on top of throughout the season, rather than like week three. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's out of the entire middle chunk. And then it's questionable, like, how is he going to perform coming back in on the back end? Yeah. And it's still a little questionable how he's going to be able to bounce back from this. But he was very effective early on. It's just three to four weeks. You know, even if he misses maybe week one or week two or maybe just takes some time to get adjusted, hopefully by early on he can still be effective and, and represent the O. Well, the O. If sports medicine science has proven anything, <laughs> it's shown that you can take a player, also yes. a rookie, like yes. Tyler Lockett, who sure. got absolutely decimated and had his leg crushed. Yep. And now he's a rock and roll star. You f- you got Seahawks on the mind, buddy. You're fucking crazy about these Seahawks. Well, it is. We're good. I mean, one, we're talking about football, frame of Foosball. reference. And NFL. And yeah, but we're you know we're getting close. Can I throw out some other duck um, preseason shit? Yeah, that I, yeah, absolutely. I if if the NFL wasn't so um, Sue happy, uh, I would definitely be saying, Aaron, you should be throwing in a bunch of, but they'll sue the fuck out of you. We all know that. That's probably too much. Us doing that is probably too much. Anyways, Devin Allen. They've got Billy Joel on their songwriting staff. Yeah, exactly. His lawyer's team. uh, They got um, uh, Huey Lewis. Lewis. You knew where I was going. You're like the only joke Adam fucking makes. Huey Lewis (laughs) suing Ray Ray Parker Jr. for the Ghostbusters theme song. Anyways, Aaron. So you remember Devin Allen, the the fastest man, fastest hurdler ever. Yep. Not really, but in our hearts, yes. Uh, who was penalized, penalized, if you will. Right. For, um, yeah, just supposedly being too fast, basically. Right. Well, you knew that he's on the Eagles team, right? He's, he's playing with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts at QB. He's a receiver, Devin Allen. Signed up after, like, having having not played football in a while. Um, so now all of a sudden he's like on an NFL team. He's, you know, on their preseason roster, getting some love. And he even got a, you know, he's a 27 year old. Like that's, that's not young in the NFL. That's for sure. And, um, God damn it. He got a 55 yard touchdown bomb. Bravo. Hell yeah, baby. It was rad. It's, it was a really, really good, uh, highlight, honestly. And um, it was really because of his fucking speed. Like, he just, like, outran the coverage. Which is like, I was about boom. to say, uh, I wonder, you know, you actually, a coach kind of gets a secret weapon there as well, which is that he may be so fast off the snap oh, exactly. that refs will want to call, um, call the thing or oh, the sorry, yeah. defense player will want to react. Uh-huh, false start. But yeah, yeah, so a false we'll call a false start, but then all of a sudden the coach can just be like flat uh review, win my shit, everything well, let's keep going. You know, as long as uh 0.0001 second isn't too fast for him or whatever it is. <laughs> it's amazing. 
But yeah, he. I mean, he's obviously he's got really good fucking reaction time, like better reaction to, time than any of these clowns. Yeah, you have to assume though that he's probably not that fast off the snap, only because of the distance of which he is to the ball, plus the outside. Noise. Oh, dude, he's fast as fuck, dude. His reaction. I mean, it's like his level of speed and his level of reaction time. Are even in the NFL, right? Have got to be elite. Right. I'm not trying to say that he's bad now. I'm saying it went from like point oh 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 one to point oh three. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like he's still gonna be lightning fast. It's just like there are a few things that make him slightly slower. Well, I don't know, and it's kind of the same thing though. It's like you know, like the ball, like you know, being in play. Uh, compared to a gunshot, but like less of a obviously <laughs> yeah. stringent freaking calls of whether you're uh, starting too soon or not. But anyway, so yeah, he got a highlight, a really good highlight that was really fun to see. Um, yeah, and then not only that, we got more, we got more, baby. So our man Anthony Brown Jr. Uh, playing with the Baltimore Ravens. He's killing it, dude. He's absolutely killing it. Preseason. Preseason, yes. This is preseason, you know, and like, um, so Lamar Jackson is like their main dude. And like, they're getting QBs that like kind of play his style. Though I should say, kind of beefier QBs who play the style. A little less fast, but like beefy. Because we got Tyler Huntley. Mm -hmm. We all remember him from Utah fame. Um, he actually is really good, right? But in so in their uh, preseason game, in the first one against the Titans, yeah, you saw some Anthony Brown Jr. and he looked good in like cleanup time because like uh yeah like uh, Lamar Jackson he's holding out for his uh, contract. He's I'm sure he's gonna sign it, but like um he's not playing in any of these preseason games, so that's why like Anthony Brown Jr. as a third string QB is getting actually a good amount of time in these preseason games because against the Cardinals again he showed up pretty well I mean Huntley went 13 of 14 129 yards one touchdown that's awesome Anthony Brown Jr. 10 of 13 91 yards (coughs) oh gonna cough right in the mic there my my throat is just so shocked that Anthony Brown Jr. did this well that my body. Is I don't projecting. know why you would be either. He's obviously a great quarterback. I'm joking. I'm joking. So um, yeah. Unlike anyways, another certain individual who has gone oh, on to up. do interesting things in the NFL, but for I don't reason. know. Uh, well, I think I'll get into that in a second, but 10 of 13 for Anthony Brown Jr., 91 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. One of those he ran in those touchdowns. The other one was just a really good, clean pass to, uh, you know, a receiver who had some uh, space. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess the season will tell all tales, right? We'll see how it goes. Well, it'll be cool to see if he makes the roster is the big thing. It'll be awesome if he does. Oh, are they utilizing these preseasons just to see how kids will do on the field? That's the entire purpose uh, of these preseason games. That's why they don't have so many, you know, so many starters aren't out there because it's like there's no reason we don't want them to get hurt, Kayvon Thibodeau style, you know? You know, um, yeah. That's funny. 
Because I also don't, I don't know that I've actually really watched preseason. I mean, it's usually pretty boring. I mean, that's the reason why people don't watch it, you know, is because it's like you're just, it's a glorified practice sometimes. Right. But uh, if you're a Ducks fan or a Pac 12 fan, a lot of times that's when you get to see the Pac 12 players. So uh, right. that's cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just for if you're truly a sicko, if you're too, truly desperate, you know. Um, that being said, dude, like I said last week, Seeing like Anthony Brown Jr. and obviously Justin Herbert, who for some reason you you don't like for some, I think reason. you know why. I don't. I truly don't. You're a weirdo. Uh, an Oregon Duck fan podcast, and you're just, you're being an asshole to my man, the God, hometown hero Eugene Herbert. I don't get it. But anyways, um, so yeah, Anthony Brown Jr. success, Justin Herbert success. Uh, I guess you, I mean, who knows if Tyler Shuck does well or something like that, uh, then maybe his success, but it all comes down to like, these players didn't look all that great. Certainly like amazing NFL prospects. Most of the time in college, like Justin Herbert did, he got us to a Rose bowl and he won that Rose bowl. Um, you know, even coming after like a season or two before where he, you know, had his collarbone injury <laughs> where it got broken. Um, it's it's just like Cristobal really kind of, I think, and a lot of people are expecting or suspecting this, is that he just wasn't very good at actually developing or fully utilizing the talent at quarterback. I think that's pretty telling, possibly. That's what Day was saying all season, I feel like. Well, Day's always been like, I need... X amount of information before I'm willing to claim this, you know, like he really, I've heard him claim that. Yeah. I, sometimes I draw it out of him. Well, <laughs> the discussion's been there. Yeah. Maybe he was also slightly dodgy because he couldn't quite pin down if it was the quarterback's coach or if it was Cristobal. Well, exactly. And we don't know who's like, like no one, he's probably not calling plays where he's like, don't throw deep, you know? But he maybe is really, maybe he is. Maybe he straight up was. I don't know. Maybe he's just like telling the offensive coordinators like the most important thing is to get five yards, five yards as opposed to like, you know, a shot downfield. Uh, even though the talent maybe was there at QB throughout Cristobal's entire tenure. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially because it's like they got a great QB in Miami right now. You know, throwing dimes, baby. Yeah. And so, and then suddenly Chris enter Cristobal. I mean, if that's what he was doing with Herbert and maybe with Anthony Brown Jr., who had more uh, possibilities than we even, you know, utilized fully here last year. Right. Even though we we did get a good amount of wins and we beat Ohio State, so there's that. But anyways, whatever. That's that's basically what I got for NFL. I mean, there's more ducks out there and stuff and power to them, but. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you this for products, though. I got some more professional ducks we could talk about Ooh. here. Um, not just talking about, I mean, yeah, there was like Marcus Mariota out there, Justin Hollins, Troy Hill, Troy Dye, uh, Johnny Muntz. Like, you can see all them. Shane Lemieux, Kayvon Thibodeau hopefully heals up. Penny Sewell, Henry Mondo, Brady Breeze. Oh, Brady Breeze actually uh, had a good play. I think he was in like for a practice squad or something. But he had a, a pretty good interception that was fun to see. I'm talking about WNBA. Nice. I was hoping this is where we were going. 
Mm-hmm. Going to WNBA, baby. Now, um, first of all, we have, like, once again, Sabrina going against Ruthie, which is very fun to see because that's Chicago Sky, Ruthie's team, who she's, you know, she's much more supporting role in that. She's not a full-on starter, I don't believe, anyways. Interesting. Going against um, Liberty, New York Liberty. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Sabrina Ionescu, uh, this, this is playoffs, so it starts off so it's just like best of three, right? So last week we were talking about, I believe it was like that first game uh, we right before we were filming uh, or recording, and they did end up winning that game. Uh, they are the underdogs in this situation, but Sabrina Ionescu, they won that game. They actually rallied back in the fourth quarter, which is very fun, um, and and won it. And but then the second game, they got royally stomped, like absolutely royally stomped. Like uh, Chicago, they scored more than a hundred points, I do believe, and they like won by more than like thirty-two points, which I believe is was a like record. Oh, a, a just awesome. historic beatdown. They double teamed uh, Ionescu really well, and that just like shut down the team. So now it's coming down to that third game, baby. Oh wow! It's coming, which is today. It is tonight, as of this record, Tuesday, six p.m. ESPN. This is a big game. Hopefully, we actually see Ruthie Hebert and Ionescu on the court at the same time. Uh, this is win, win or go home, but baby. Wait. This is like today, two days ago. No, this is today, today, baby. This is the third game oh. of this series. Uh, UNESCO wants to drag this team, who is less talented, uh, against Chicago, who's a two-seed, um, to the next round of the playoffs. This would be great for, I mean, for her legend. She's such a great player. I'm going to try to watch this. Absolutely, I'm going to try to watch this. So uh, watch that date? shit. Um, What's what do you today's mean today? date? Today, the 23rd, August 23rd. Right. So this is like two days ago when anybody who's listening to this. No, I'm going to try to post this up tonight if we, oh, if no, we can. Oh, no just shit. So. Right on. Okay. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke the fourth or, wall. Whoops. Or I fucked up. I'm glad you did that because <laughs> it'll be a good fuck up. <laughs> if you want this show to get better, support our Patreon. That's right. Yes, we'll fuck up less if you give money to our Quack 12 Promise. Or follow us on Twitter, at Quack 12 Podcast. Or go to Apple Podcast and give us five stars. Leave a comment, even if you hate us. Ooh, boy. I love y'all. Okay, anyways. So, you can also see Satu Sabali. She's playing for the Dallas Wings. The wonderful Satu Sabali. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens after that. So... Because uh, then it could actually be um, Dallas versus Chicago or New York. So we could see, be seeing Sabali versus UNESCO or Hubert. Very that is hip. fun. That is fun as hell. Uh, way to go, UNESCO. You know we're rooting for you. We love you, Hubert, too. But, um, I mean, come on. Yeah, so they lost 100 to 62. Yikes. That is brutal. Let's get into football, baby. Um, football, football. Everybody loves football. football. Everybody loves football. 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 
And if you don't, you can kiss my butt. So, ball. So, we got uh, week three depth chart for the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, basically everything's the same here. We got still still a full on competition between Bo Nix and Ty Thompson. It will be until the game one. Yeah, I know it seems like. Um Aaron, who do you think who do you want it to be? Do you want Ty Thompson, who obviously you know, he's a red shirt freshman, but like with that COVID year and stuff like that. Um, he is the actually the highest rated QB recruit. In program history, um, he just it just hasn't worked out. His his background so far hasn't really been like his history here hasn't been great. But he stuck around, right? Versus Bo Nix, someone who again actually is also like really highly regarded, a legacy dude. You know, led Auburn in the toughest conference. But now, literally, it's become a meme to support him, basically. So he, there is still an underdog story there. Um, but at the same time, there is talent there. He's just known for every once in a while, you get really bad games out of him. But supposedly, you can also get some amazing games out of him. And that's what he's known for. He's transferred here to kind of like, you know, almost steal this job, if you will. What right. do you think, my man? Well... What he's got going for him is he's already been with one of the coaches, right? Yeah, that's right. Kenny Dillingham. They so did he work knows together. the drill. Somewhat, yeah. Because that, Maybe more that so coach than has Thompson. been with our new coach. Yes. So through a trickle effect, they have all worked with each other. They all know each other's programs. So there's an instant connection there. Mm-hmm. And they were all in the same conference even. Right. Like, I mean, obviously, we're yeah. And so what ends up... Becoming the question then is, how does that relationship show itself off the field? Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing, right, is that your quarterback needs to be a leader. And because you've got one guy who's been there for a little bit, never the starting guy, but it's like, do does the team respect him and his decision making? Do they kind of see that he was always getting a little bit of a push down because maybe Cristobal does questionable calls? Mm-hmm. Or is Bo kind of a butthead because he <laughs> knows the coaches? You know what I mean? Because he's already in, is he maybe a butthead? And so everybody's like, Has I don't he won know if the like locker him. room? Yeah, has he won the locker room? It's all around the locker room. Who's whichever one of those two dudes gets more respect from the team, Mm -hmm. then that's the guy it should be, regardless of performance. Because you're going to get a better performance from the guy that's respected. Yeah, I mean, it's a generic thing to say, but at the same time, I think you're 100 percent right. Um, I'll tell you this. Oh, I said was generic. Well, you know, it's like there's a lot of like. Um, radio talk. Sure. Where that'll be like, but has he won the locker room? Especially in like QB competitions. Well, it's but because, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, the only reason why these are the things that you talk about is because people like Hithliday have made it very easily seeable what the on-field stuff is. Mm-hmm. So because we have immediate and total access to on-field statistics, that part is no longer, you know, we just utilize that to presume what may, what may be going on behind the scenes. 
Because Hithleday of Addicted to Quack gave his life for us to see all the stats and basically what the Ducks are actually doing and all the Pac-12 are doing. Um, so Ty Thompson, my man, is seven. Like his his actual career, like you know, stats aren't that great because he hasn't actually played all that much. Like it's either been Anthony Brown Jr. or you know, or Justin Herbert, I guess. Um and so Ty Thompson, seven of fifteen for eighty seven yards with two touchdowns and one interception, three carries for ten yards in three games last season. Um but he, he you know he's coming off of a off season of like going to like the the I believe it's called like the Manning camp. You know, uh, so you get both those Peyton Manning or both those Manning, you know. Oh, he's getting Manning. some deep philosophy shit happening. <laughs> yeah, the, those those knucklehead. Uh, no, I mean uh, that. Manning that's a great thing Academy. to go. That's exactly. Oh, no, it is good. Yeah, that's Many exactly the kind of camp there. you want to go to as a quarterback. It's the mental game. Everything I is mean, the mental game. The action part is just keeping a healthy body. We got we got uh, Miami's Tyler Van Dyke, Utah's Cameron Rising, Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, Alabama's Bryce Young, and Tyler Shuck. That is right. All of them were there at this Manning Pass. Ooh. And we've had great uh, quarterbacks go there in the past, too. Justin Herbert, I do believe, also went there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he's really working for it. And, like, you, you had these quotes in, like, Oregon Live, I will promote them they are they do great stuff uh receiver dante thornton said i feel like ty handled it great as referring to the competition you know ty was ranked very high and most quarterbacks like that will go somewhere where they feel like they can play automatically and ty didn't play automatically most people would have tried to transfer out but ty stuck it through and stayed here because he knows what we have here so i really respect him for that so there, I mean, I feel like it's a full-on competition there. Like, and I and I like that. So that being said, now, I still think it's gonna be Bo Nix. You know, okay. Here's an I'll here's something to um, chew upon between now and next week when mayhaps we have more information. Mayhaps. But when I was in high school on the tennis team, mm -hmm. we had one player who was absolutely amazing at the game just incredible terrible sportsman <laughs> so my kind of guy i remember the coaches ended up having to like talk with him they gave him a whole bunch of vhs tapes on like how to be a sportsmanship yeah like when you get beat how not to be a total piece of shit to everyone <laughs> i gotta get those that kind of stuff so yeah. now then just to put a little flavor of mystery in there, mm -hmm. if he had to go to that camp for those types of reasons, then that does make you have to question what the locker room is like because maybe the team is like, this dude complains a lot about not getting to be the guy, and it's annoying as hell. Probably how other Oregon Duck podcasts feel with us because we are clearly the best and they want to be the best. Um, well, yeah, I hope that how, they would. How were you? Prepared. How was your tennis career? Go into that. Oh, um, it was fine. You know, I played. I played well, and as soon as I got my uh, credit in high school for physical education, I stopped. I love the game. I do not watch it, 
but I do play it uh, occasionally now. Unfortunately, I need a better racket. Now your racket is the Quack 12 podcast. Patreon making all that money. You know, I was, you knew, you felt my segue coming. It was going to be epic. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, just to say it all one more time, I do wish they had just like a live video. I mean, uh, maybe not a live video feed of the locker room because they are changing, I guess. But I do think there should be some form of access to journalism inside that room. <laughs> you want a live video of the locker room, you perv. I'm sorry. I thought it through as I said it. I went, wait, these are <laughs> young, young. This Never isn't mind. Porky's, buddy. This is the Pac-12. This isn't Porky's 12. Oh. Anyways. I was more of a um, meatballs guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll tell you this. Uh, Trevin Maiai. I, I, I'm always a little cautious in not saying his name. I'm pretty sure. sure that's how you do it. Listeners, please um, have at me if I'm getting this wrong. You know, but I'm pretty sure Trevor might wait eye. for a national broadcaster to say it and then be like... Well, they fuck it up, though. No, no. Sometimes they they don't even do their basic research well, and no, get so much right. shit wrong. So let them you know? take all the heat for you to the learn heat. if you were right or wrong. Yeah, well, I want to be the one... Throwing heat, throwing shit at them right away. So I, I need to know my call my own shit out. Great, but I'm pretty point. sure. Great, pretty point. sure it is Trevin Mayai. Um, he is a fourth year redshirt sophomore. Uh, really transferring. He's becoming that defensive end. He's he's gained a lot of weight in a good way. He's he's a buff, beefy boy, and he's freaking huge. Um, it's it, like fast coming at you. And I, I really freaking like that, honestly. And what's funny is him and Mace Funa um, have really worked with each other. Uh, they, they, their roles have kind of been very similar as like kind of like outside linebacker threats. Now he, uh, my is a full on like you know defensive end trying to seal up the run and like go for the quarterback. Hell yeah! Uh, you know, like like just blow up that line. Um, and he's really gotten up to, he's listed at 272 pounds. He says he's closer to 280 pounds and he's still got that speed. He's got kind of like the outside linebacker speed. Hopefully, you know, that's what we're hoping for. Um, and so as Mace Funa has actually slimmed down and become like more of a threat, uh, in that regard and like being able to actually like pass coverage, you know, like to actually like defend some, uh, receivers out there or tight ends and also be like a rushing threat um this he does uh my man here trevin does not have to worry about that he's just go you know he's just eating that's all he's hoping for that's amazing um and i like it and like uh dorless has a really good quote too about it shows his work ethic he shows that he cares and he shows that he wants to play that's the biggest thing uh about this d-line is that you see that there's no drop off on this d-line he plays a big factor in that, too, coming in because he's done a great job with his weight. That man's a monster right now. I love that. I love when people call each other monsters and shit. <laughs> maybe, it's so funny, like, maybe the not. way we talk about these players. Yeah, I don't know. Monsters, this beast, this, like, you know, <laughs> this titan. Yeah, it's always fun, so, but. but it's, there's such a... Why can't they be like, he is a sturdy gentleman? 
He's a sturdy, fine gen- I mean, that's like when we're doing our quacking times on the Patreon. That is literally what they are. Yeah, These I mean, sturdy lads... Organ Sturdy Eleven. I used to make fun of it. Now I understand. Having lived through it with you, I understand it now. Yeah, this monster, this animal. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. Um, but yeah, the, anyways, this absolute beast of a horrid man. Um, I, I, I'm really rooting for him. Him and Brandon Dorless is like he's getting on a lot of lists. I'll tell you that much. Uh, people are really starting to look out for him, especially in this defense. He could really be transitioning into something very aggressive and fun to watch. I'm also interested in if Sam Taimani, who, uh, you know, the duck, the ex-Husky, uh, I should say, because that that is what I love, is when they were Washington Huskies and then they defect to us. That level of betrayal makes me happy. Um, I don't know. It just makes me like that player even more, especially because it's like I'm expecting a lot from him, especially playing in a position where it's like way more suited for what he should be. And it looks like he's really challenging Popo. Um, and then Jordan Riley, actually, uh, another Jordan playing this position from Nebraska. I mean, maybe it's just because the uh, that position coach has also worked with him, but he's getting a lot of praise. And um, hell yeah, and I and I'm excited to see like a fully healed up Justin Flo. Um, Dante Thornton returned to back to practice. I know that. I, like I don't really know again how all these freaking practices are really going because they don't really tell you who is legit injured or just like sitting out because it's just like we'd rather you sit out for practice because you're a veteran and we just don't want you hurt you know we don't want you hurt in preseason basically is what it comes down to um yeah and so i'm not quite sure how all those injuries are really stacking up but it seems like we are pretty freaking healthy knock on wood knock on i'm literally doing that right now i did uh, i can tell you we we had our second scrimmage so there's that, which is an actual practice. I'm not even talking about glorified practice. Practice? Not talk- we're talking about practice? I'm talking about a <laughs> literal practice, the second scrimmage of fall. Um, basically, the takeaway seems to be the offense kept moving the ball. The defense kept forcing turnovers. So, I don't know. Does that mean our defense sucks? Does that mean our QBs suck? Does that mean our defense rules? Does that mean our offense sucks? Um, I don't know. Hopefully only the good things. Uh, yes, because there were four interceptions. Hey, that's kind of cool. Four interceptions Saturday afternoon at Austin Stadium. Um, though, you got to say this, the offense did get to the red zone quite a bit or the red zone area, you know. So is that good? I don't know. Probably doesn't mean anything. Dan Lanning um, said we did not do as good a job today taking care of the ball. Offense moved the ball really well early and well throughout the scrimmage, but we had a lot of self-inflicted wounds, some takeaways. Defense did a really good job of attacking the ball. That being said, we get down to the red area. The offense scores really quickly twice, both units in the red area. So we got to do a better job with red area defense. Overall, pleased with the day. A lot of things still to correct. But we got a lot of guys that love football, and that's fun to see. So really generic shit. I mean, I, I, there's no takeaways from this shit. Well, it kind of is, right? Because I'm saying generic so, too well, much, but anyways, continue. 
he did a fantastic job of breaking up everything um, into quadrants of the field. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about gameplay in general, but gameplay within this region. And I think that's an interesting... I'm sure that's probably pretty regular, huh, actually? Because there's obviously yeah, always I, the red zone and how they do in the red zone, but... Yeah, red zone. He's in red area, so it's probably like up to the 40-yard line, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe he just meant red zone. Who knows, my man? Um, so, I think he solved it for you, though. It seems like the defense is great until that point. The offense is great at that point. And again, this is this is practice. We're talking about practice, so this is practice. Where it's like we're throwing not even our bests out there sometimes because we want to see what sticks, right? Um, yeah. And then so both QBs were out there getting a lot of time. I don't know. It seems like Jay Butterfield is just not. Uh, he may transfer if I'm being real. I mean, but maybe if Ty Thompson transfers, then Jay Butterfield would be glad he stuck around. Who knows? But anyways, it seems like it's mainly Ty Thompson and Bo Nix. Both of them are out there. Both of them, it sounds like, made some mistakes. Um, no one is saying who's got the advantage or even you know what's really happening between these two quarterbacks because this was close to media. That's why I wasn't there, baby. Um, Lanning said the offense played with a quicker tempo and had success moving the ball, as we said. There's also, we got to get into this, uh, a battle between kickers. Kickers. And the Cattleman? And Lewis. No, Cattleman's straight up fucking gone, my man. Oh, that's right. As is Tom Snee. I wish Cattleman was here. Right. Camden Lewis is here. Now, he did get a... um, He did fare well on a 51-yarder. 51-yard attempt. So he did nail that one. That's fun. But as Landing put it, we missed more than I anticipated today. We put some pressure on them in some unique situations. We tried to create a lot more today. We hit the ones we're supposed to hit, the easy ones, but some of the more difficult ones I thought we could have nailed, we didn't. That's something I want to keep creating throughout the next week. So, yeah, there is a full-on competition going on between these kickers. Uh, not So it's like place kickers, but also field goal kickers, like punting. I think it's literally all up in the air. Um, yeah, and Camden Lewis has got some advantage, but I'm not sure if that is even true. I'll tell you this, though. Uh, the fourth-year junior, U of O, he could be the place kicker still. Who knows? He's actually, we got a real, like, kicking house, kicking back house. All these guys are bunking with each other. I really like it. Yeah. So during fall camp, we got, um, so we added Andrew Boyle from Washington State and then Alex Bales from Cincinnati. Uh, Bales and our punter, Ross James, have moved in with Camden Lewis and Andrew Boyle. And then also our punter, Adam Barry, also lived there. So they're all fucking living together. Weird. It's like, <laughs> kind of weird, I guess, but kind of makes sense, too. I don't know. I can't wait to see what kind of viral videos they come up with. I know. With like they got to get an Instagram the page. They're going to be doing weird ping pong kicking tricks. Why not? It could help. Who knows? They need support. Yeah, um, I, like I actually really from- like that idea because 
there was a time when it felt like uh, Camden was a, a lonely island. Mm-hmm. So it is good to see he's got like a squad. Everybody needs a gang. Everyone needs a gang. Squadron. We got our gang, the Quackies, you know. Yeah. Um, Camden Lewis, here's a quote. Yeah, we are trying to take each other's spot, but at the same time, these guys got here a couple of weeks ago, and I'm already best friends with them. <laughs> there it is. I think, I think we've Did got Did I a call really Lonely Island or what? <laughs> Shut up. Don't be mean. I'm not being I mean, mean. He was just alone. <laughs> he felt alone. Look, sometimes kids go to college because of football really far mm-hmm. away from home. Sometimes you don't realize that you start missing home. You know what I mean? He maybe just needed some buds. He missed his tight buds. Some I mean, I know I needed some bud when I was in college. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Uh, that laugh so, is what sells the joke. So we got to say this though. Cameron Lewis, all right, last season, 13 of 16. I think he missed three of those against Utah, but we don't need to talk about that. Right. He was 13 of 16 last season. That's good. That's great. Lewis raised his touchback percentage to 44%, uh, percent, I do believe, which is, I don't know, dramatic improvement from his 15% yeah. uh, touchback rate in 2020. But still, he had four kickoffs go out of bounds. So that is a bit rough. Uh, Boyle's supposed to be better at that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm rooting for Lewis. I'm rooting for Cameron Lewis. As you said, hopefully he's he's making friends. He's feeling good, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You crazy bastard. It really is. Um, I mean, end of the day, you know, you put in the practice, your body's going to start having muscle memory, and the game then becomes how mentally stable are you and the more things you can put in place to have like a carefree lifestyle the better you're going to perform as we always say he does well in practice right so, i don't know i don't know hopefully he he gets five fucking field goals against utah and we beat him this year um i'll uh i don't know how much this is a, even a real fucking story but i guess we always got to talk about this shit now um, U of O, apparently, according to quote-unquote sources, initiated preliminary discussions with the Big Ten in Chicago to determine if the Ducks are compatible in the conference. Um, even though, in the same breath, uh, people are also saying Michael Schill, Athletic Director Rob Mullins, and the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren were not involved in the discussions whatsoever. So it's like, so who fucking was talking? Who the fuck are we talking about? And so, I don't know. This is news. It's also not news. Throw that out there. You know what this is? Um, what's that? This is some first-year assistants who all got together at the bar because they all came up together in college. And Bingo. one of them also happens to be a reporter, and they were like, let's sell our shit as being super proper. I mean, it's coming from the fucking Action Sports Network, so take it as you will. Aaron, uh, this one's kind of a bummer, but kind of, I don't know, kind of happy too, I guess. Um, so Spencer Webb, the tight end who is now deceased, RIP, you know, dedicating right. this season to him. Um, his girlfriend, uh, or his, you know, his late college girlfriend or whatever um kelly kelly k she took to instagram and she said coming soon baby web 
What? Uh, said, quote, unquote, we created an angel before heaven gained one. Oh, that's very nice. All you ever wanted was to be a father. I know you'll be the best one from up above. So, yeah, she, I mean, she was apparently pregnant with Spencer Webb's kid. So, uh, yeah, po- power to you. We wish you the best, Kelly Kay. I'm sure a lot of duck fandom will rally around her. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully we even get to see that cute little surely cute baby on the Jumbotron and duck in duck territory or I don't know. Power to you. Uh, sad story, but also kind of, I don't know, kind of nice too. Who knows? But- when is it due? I don't know. When do we have this newborn prophet in the world? Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Sometime coming to you this season. (laughs) Now, Aaron, we got some news. Well, not some news. I don't know why I said news. We got a different fan favorite segment. The Picks. The Picks. Yo. That is right. Yo, that came out of nowhere. That gave me the goose pimples. That scared you. That is right. So we're ending this bad boy, this episode. It's a little shorter than normal, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll start going longer in the future. Hey, we still are going to milk 15 minutes. Watch. We've got to do the whole picks. Plus, you've now got to contend with the 30 seconds I have soaked up with this. Possibly. Uh, I am uh, possibly going to be late for work. We'll see. Um, anyways, baby, let's get on these picks. We only got four more picks to make right. because we we already made our picks for Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington, Wazoo, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. Um, we already did those bad boys. Yep. And we did the over and over. We're doing season total over under. Uh, right. Basically, Aaron and I have really... We've collabed on a lot of these, I'd say. Basically uh on the same page for most of them, but different enough or it's been it's been intriguing. I'll I'll give you that, buddy. Um but right now, coming up, we got some picks cuz we've got use we got the two trader schools, I should call them. Right. I'm definitely going to start calling them yeah, trader schools, the California trader schools in UCLA and USC. Then we also have Utah, fucking the team that I want to beat. So, like, if we had to go one and eleven, but I got to choose the one team we got to beat this year, I'd want it to be fucking Utah because they're so annoying. They're so annoying to me this season with all their off-season banter and talk. I've hated them. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite team in the world, the Oregon Ducks. Those are the picks we got to make, my man. All right. How you feeling? What's the over-under? Oh, I, I, I'm going to get into that. Wait. I just want to know how you're feeling first. I'm so confused. The Ducks. I don't know. What am I supposed to pick? The, the Oregon Ducks are from uh, Eugene. They're a local football team. Uh, many people love them. I haven't told you the over-unders yet. I'm just, I, I'm just asking how you're feeling about these picks. How do you feel? You? Oh. Uh, historically have not known what the fuck's going on and which I, is actually fitting i for quite this moment. literally right now kind of zoned out while you were talking because i was just ready to go into the over under so i don't so know all what i'm you saying is said. yes exactly you don't know what the fuck is going on i'm and that so is, sorry that is your want in life um and that you know that's what spices this bad boy yeah right you're the sound engineer 
You don't have to be the facts knower. Right. Or the quacks I don't, knower. Okay, but I but, will say today... Hold on, I'm brisk breaking this down. But, historically, you've also, many on many occasions, picked better than me. Someone who is a duck aficionado. Right. Someone who's a fanatic. Well... And so, yeah, we're, t- we're, we're testing the waters here. Yeah, and I will say that that... I feel like I'm going to do great this season because even right now, I feel mm-hmm. correct answers surround me. You're like, I feel like I'm going to do well because I truly still don't know what the fuck is going on after 300 episodes. I am summoning universal essence and I'm going to distill it into a thought. Not on my watch. Okay, here we go. UCLA, the Bruins, Chip Kelly, my man. Chip Kelly, uh, who's the record at UCLA's 18 and 25. He's coming off of what can only be called a successful season. Eight and four, six and three in Pac-12 play. Um, yeah, he finally got that non-conference bugaboo off his fucking back, even though he did lose to Fresno State in glorious fashion. And now, um, you know, he's got probably... What many, sorry. <laughs> what many um, would say is the maybe the best QB or second best QB behind Caleb Williams. Uh, in Pac 12, in uh, DTR, he's back for his 900th season. And uh, I don't know, he's. He's got some talent kind of smeared around in, in odd places on this team. But some of it being Zach Charbonnet, who's a great running back. And he's got a great QB. And so, yeah. What do you think they're going to be? I'll tell you their their, confer- or their non-con is Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama. That is the easiest, easiest non-con schedule. It's amazing how easy their non-con is. They should. Sounds rigged. It'll be embarrassing if they don't win all three of those games. Absolutely, it's rigged. And then they go at Colorado, at Oregon, at California, at Arizona State. So outside of that, going to Eugene, all those others, they're not terrible. They're not terribly hostile environments, and those teams should be on downswings. And then, um, yeah, and then, like... They play against Washington, Utah, Stanford, Arizona, and USC. So those are some good teams to get at home. Where do you got them going, baby? Where do you got them going? 8.5 is the over-under. It doesn't even matter because it's definitely going to be under because they're going to win the least amount of games ever because, Adam, I have decided right now. What's up? Okay. My rival for this season (laughs) <laughs> is Chip Kelly. Wow. I'm going to take wow. him down all season long. I love it. Arizona is last year. He's the new mm. year, baby. Okay. The tradition continues. So how many wins he's getting? Two. Oh, dude, that is brutal. Even if he wins, he's still going to lose in my book. And I'm going to watch every single game so that I can make sure that I'm not just being an asshole, but I'm going to really look for his flaws, and then I'm going to point them out. (laughs) That is hysterical. I love it. I love it, man. I shouldn't. I won't. So I basically am kind of coming from a hater angle, too. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, I think they're not, I just think they're going to be a letdown. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I do think because their schedule is so fucking easy, they are going to get like a good amount of wins. I think, but I, I think no matter what, they're going to be a letdown. And so in this case, I think it'll be eight wins. And so then when I look at their schedule, I'm going to be like, well, okay, who, who are the most likely four losses? And how much of a stretch is that? And I think it's pretty easy to make the case. I think they're going to lose to USC, probably to a talented team like Arizona State. They'll probably lose at Arizona State. They're going to lose at Oregon, and they're going to lose against Utah. Pretty easy case. It's four. Easy case. Um, so I think they got eight wins in them. Now, let's go to the next team, the most annoying team, the most overhyped team. Uh, uh, well, I should say second most annoying team because I think Utah's the most. USC. Oh, they I thought you were going to say like, Huskies. Expectations. It's no. It's no longer a year one situation. It already feels like it's year like fucking four. Like people are ready for Lincoln Riley to take them to the national championship in his first year. Right. People are so ridiculous with with uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Even though their defense was bad last season, their offensive line was bad last season. They bring back so much of that offensive line. And, uh, you know, they're hoping just, like, a bunch of talent uh, transferred in from other schools, including our beloved Travis Dye, will, um, and one of the best, if not the best, receiver, Jordan Addison. Uh, they're hoping that all transfers, and obviously the QB, Caleb Williams, from uh, Oklahoma, they're hoping that all works out perfectly for them yeah. and that they can just start right off the bat, even though they only won four games last year. So this year, their their out of conference is Rice, Fresno State in week three, and then week twelve or whatever. Their final game of the season is against Notre Dame, uh, which is the USC way. Then they got at Stanford, at Oregon State, at Utah, at UCLA. That's a lot of tough ones, honestly. And then they're also playing against uh, Arizona State, Washington State, California, and Colorado. Not the easiest schedule, but for a team with such high expectations, should be pretty good. Aaron, this is remarkable. This is insane. 9.5 wins. That is way too high in my book. Where do you think they're at with that? 9.5 wins. Down. I think down. Obviously. I don't want to paint it. I don't know what Vigas knows, but I don't believe in Vigas on this one. Yeah, I think that's kind of nuts. Uh, how many wins though? Oh, uh, ooh, the bowl game six. Don't, but how many? Seriously, only six? Yeah. Wow, you're harsh. Who shat in your coffee this morning? Okay, Clay do you Elton? want me to go up to seven? Mike Bone? No, I don't care. What do you think? I think the universe is gonna just really poop poop up on their heads. I'm looking at if I'm being realistic, the losses that I think is like Notre Dame, sure, easy. At UCLA, sure, easy. Um then I'm like it's kind of starting to feel more like a stretch. At Utah, certainly. Maybe Arizona State, maybe Washington State. Uh I would love at Oregon State. That'd be fun as hell. Let's throw that one in there. That's still only like four, maybe Fred. Like six would be nuts. I would love it so much. Do they Aaron. not? You um, didn't even mention us. We don't play them unless we play them in oh. the uh, title game. You know, which is so possible. then they A lot probably of predicting that. Yeah, so then they will get seven, but definitely six. I, I think they're probably. I think eight or nine. 
And I'm just going to go with eight. I think eight. Just, I hope that. I really hope. Maybe that's probably wishful thinking. Anyways, let's go to Utah, the team I hate so goddamn much. Kyle Winningham in his 17-plus years at the fucking school. Dear Lord. He's been there forever. He's a boss. Brings back eight players wow. from his starting offensive uh, you know, line there, or offensive blah, 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 starters. Uh, defense, he's bringing back a ton from his defense, too, including wonderful players like Junior, Tafuna, and uh, Van Fillinger. And uh, Clark Phillips III, dear Lord, great players. Uh, last year, they went 10-4, and four, nearly beat Ohio State in an epic Rose Bowl game. They also beat the shit out of the Ducks two games in a row. Not in a row, um, but, you know, two game, basically in a row. Right. And then uh, their 2022 schedule is honestly lined up where it looks like they are their fav- the favorite team in every single game. And not only that... But um, could be playoff contenders, honestly. At Florida is their first game of the season. Uh, Florida is on the rebuild right now, which is promising. But their their recruiting hasn't been as high as you know the true great blue bloods. Uh, so that could be a game that is a great resume builder. That one is one that Utah will hopefully win. Honestly, then they play against Southern Utah and San Diego State, two teams they should beat. Then on the road, they play against at Arizona State, at UCLA, at Washington State, at Oregon late, and then at Colorado. That or at Oregon game is going to be freaking huge. And then they play against Oregon State, USC, Arizona, and Stanford. Arizona, will Cam Rising lift this team to the Holy Land a playoff? What, where will they go? Because their over and under is nine, kind of low compared to USC's being so high. Aaron, where are you going? Nine, over or under? Under. Under. You're such a hater. I such think hater. what happened last year mm-hmm. is a fluke. I love to hear it. I'm not sure if that's true, but let's see. Why, why do you think that? There's not enough empirical evidence to prove otherwise. Okay. I think... How many wins? How many wins, baby? Eight. Eight wins. <laughs> oh, Utah fans hate you. I love it, though. You know I love it. I, I'm actually going to say this is going to be the one we differ. We've been under uh, together on every single one. Oh, snap. I'm we gonna have. Say, I'm going to say over, baby. Because I think they're going to win 10, win, 10 wow. games. Well, we're going to win 11. So, there. I'll tell you this, though. Their losses... I will say will be at Florida, and then I don't think they're going to lose till November 19th when the Oregon Ducks beat them in Eugene, Oregon. Amen. Nuts. Now, speaking of which, let's end this podcast on final predictions. Oregon Ducks season win total. Mm. I mean, I don't need to run through what could be an amazing team or could be a rough team since it's Dan Landing's first season as a head coach slash Oregon Ducks coach. Now, my man, totally new coaching staff, but great players, great talent, five-star players, uh, defense that could be one of the best in the conference. Non-con going against the national champions, 
Georgia in Atlanta, so it's basically a, a road game, you know, right. basically a, a home game for them. Then Eastern Washington, then BYU, the Pac-12 Slayer, at Washington State, at Arizona, at California, at Colorado, at Oregon State to end it all, and then Stanford, UCLA, Washington, Utah, they all visit Eugene. Over, under, fucking 8.5, so low. Aaron, where are you going? I don't want to color in your... Here's what it is. Here, come on. So saith the gospel of Schroeder. Mm-hmm. 11 and 1. Ooh. That loss will either be the first game or it'll be the last game. Wow. Brutal. Either against Oregon State, which would be insane, or against Georgia, which is super likely. That's great, dude. Well, I'm going to not be such a homer. I mean, 11, that's so many. Um, oh, wait. Yes, I fucking am. Because I'm going to say 12. I've already said this before. I'm just going full homer this season. We're going 12-0, and 0, baby. Hell yeah. shit. Um, anyways, at Quack 12 Podcast. Boom on Twitter. Boom. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We've been plugging the shit out of everything. So do it all. Aaron, any last words for our listeners? Yes, please. Since you're already listening to us on iTunes, if you could just, or podcast, if you could scroll down, give us five stars, leave a review. That really helps us grow in the algorithm so that we make it further up the top of the charts, which is where we want to be. So please do that. Always be charting. We love you, listeners. We'll see you next week. Go Ducks. We're so fucking close. Ah! Quack, quack.